The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me from Parts Unknown, as always, is the great, the talented, the lovely, the just wonderful person, Michelle Yu. <coughs> Oh, wow, thank called, you. I'm choking on that. Were you choked by my introduction? Uh, yes. So well, nice. Look so at you. How was your weekend, Michelle? It was a big weekend, Preakness weekend. Did you did you do anything fun? Um, I worked. I worked. Uh, yesterday, actually, I did take my kids to Disneyland uh, for the last time until like fall. Wow. So you so, make Disneyland like a regular thing? Yeah. Yeah. We we try to go like once a month. Okay. It's kind of like our thing. And, you know, we have passes, so it's... Do you enjoy it? I mean, honestly. I love it. You Ryan love it. hates it. Uh, and normally what we do is Olivia and I go, him and Spencer come down, like, after they do the barn in the afternoon, and then they ride, like, Spencer's two rides, and then have dinner, and then Ryan and Spencer usually go home. Right. But, like, Spencer been talking about he really wanted to go, so we went and spent the day, but uh, all he did was cry and say he wanted to go home on every ride, but we drove one car. So Ryan and Spencer pouted for like the whole day and Olivia and I had a great time. <laughs> Unbelievable. So what was like, the, what's the highlight? What is the best ride at Disneyland? Ooh, I haven't been there oh, in a long time. Gar- gar- okay, so there's two parks, right? Disney's California Adventure and right. Disneyland. So by far and away, hands down, my favorite ride is Guardians of the Galaxy, which used to be Tower of Terror. Wow. Um, it's so stinking fun. It's like the only ride I will wait an hour to get on. Interesting. Well, can't you get one of those passes where you just go to the front of the line? Yeah, but so yeah, you can, but like we have our season passes, right? So we already paid for those, and then mm. the front of the line passes are twenty bucks per person. Ah, so okay. like for four of us, it's like another eighty bucks. Um, I would have, I would have sponsored you. Oh, that would have been nice. Um, and we did actually end up after we waited for Guardians. We uh, could have called one of our sponsors, you know, a uh, a Gainsway, a TaylorMade, a Bet America. I mean, a uh, what are they called? Bet makers. Bet makers could have called one of them and sponsored your whole trip. I know, right? That would have been nice. Well, we did. We ended up paying for the uh, the the jump on the ride because it's like we actually yesterday was really busy. We were able to get on twelve rides. That's a lot. That's for a one lot. Day. Okay. Yeah. I got you. All right. Anyway, well, it was fun. That's great. Did you enjoy the Preakness? Or, or should we just go? We have a good guest. Let me just introduce that real quick. You're gonna want to stay tuned because he's been on our show before. He's on a ton of podcasts. But when I was at the Facing uh, Tipton mid-Atlantic two-year-old in training sale. You like that, that I said that perfectly? It's such a mouthful. I know. Timonium. Timonium. When I was at Timonium. Uh, I ran into JK, Jonathan Kitchen, who is here, uh, one of our partners here on the In The Money Media Network. And uh, JK was rolling around with a camera crew and with our, our, our good friends, um, Jake Ballas. And uh, he actually was bidding on horses, looking at horses, and, and he bought a horse. So we're going to talk to JK about becoming an owner. 
I literally cannot wait to hear about it's pretty, this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, he's going to come on in a couple minutes. So, uh, Michelle, what are our three things of note? I assume we're starting with the Preakness. Uh, yes, certainly the, the Preakness stakes was underway, and it was early voting. Chad Brown duplicating what he did in his previous Preakness win with uh, Seth Klarevich and or Claremont with Klarevich Sables and uh, early voting, doing what cloud computing did. I think... I still think Epicenter was probably the best horse in the race. He got a terrible ride. You know, it's funny. Um, I was there and uh, hanging out with, you know, my man Cal Ripken, Jr. Don't know if you saw those Baseball pictures. player? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, Cal and his wife, the judge, Laura. She uh, she was amazing. And uh, he brought over a couple guys that hung out with us, you know, um, Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, from if the you're drop If you're dropping names that, like, are supposed to <laughs> I'm dropping that names. That name I actually know. What John about the Harbaugh, governor right? of Maryland? What about the governor of Maryland okay. hanging out with us for Very a while? Cool. Yeah, it was, we had a great day. We uh, we hung around with uh, Bobby Flay. It was really fun. It was me and Travis, your buddy. And we had a blast. But I'm going to go back to the race here because we all went out and watched the race on the balcony overlooking kind of the almost right before the first turn. Mm-hmm. And... I, I, of course, being the horse junkie that I am, w- w- snuck away and watched it, uh, the TV, <laughs> because I couldn't really see what was happening. Right. But I did see Epicenter break just a step slow, and Rosario didn't wasn't aggressive right there, and he just lost all position. Right. And, and, it, and then it, he was covered in mud going into the oh, and covered. just just in a bad spot. He was like last, and they weren't like they were going okay up front. They weren't going. They weren't rip roaring fast like the Derby, but they it was a it was a decent so, pace. You know they have um, the time form. The no the um, Joel Rosario was wearing a camera, so you can actually see like when he breaks, and then like when the horses kind of go over, and like instead of like Joel pushing it yeah. all, you could see him just like take a hold and like yep. move to the rail. Yeah. And and that that was the race. The race was over. I mean, I I really felt going in. It was two horses. It was early voting or epicenter. If you look at all my late pick fours, pick fives, and everything, those are the only two horses we really used. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we did not hit. Um, but uh, the race was over going into the first turn because yep. um, uh, Jose Ortiz put early voting in a perfect position. He was stalking, very comfortable, and uh, just Joel gave uh, epicenter a little too much to do. And uh, yes. it's amazing that this horse has run second to Rich Strike and with a bad start. And, and I mean, he's like he's like a couple of lucky things away from going for the Triple Crown. And now he's not even running. I know. Crazy. It's pretty right? amazing. And he's not Speak- a grade one winner. And speaking of um, the Triple Crown, Belmont, obviously our last leg. And Chad Brown has kind of come out and said, I don't think we're going to be running early voting in the Belmont Stakes. Yeah. And neither is Epicenter, so it's going to be, looks like a a rich strike, uh, Mo Donegal, uh, the horse that that we are, who is We Are the People. Or no, Zandon. I I have not heard anything about Zandon. I don't think Zandon's running. But, uh, you know, it's a little little soft Belmont this year, but you do get the Derby winner, and he's set to prove himself, which is a good story in itself. All right. So that was um, thing of note number one. Yeah. If we are going to move on to thing of note number two, I I thought this was really crazy. Um, so, 
a filly was purchased at Keeneland as a broodmare prospect, right? I saw this. By Michelle Crawford, who has been on our show before, um, who we absolutely love. They ended up racing her for 27 months. She won five times, had two seconds, two thirds. She earned $323,000 running in Aqueduct, Belmont, and Saratoga. And then they said, you know, okay, now it is definitely time to breed her. This is nuts. And when uh, they tried to breed her, she is not a mare on the inside. She has obvious abnormalities in her reproductive organs. So she looks like a filly. So, you know, she's got a vulva and does not have a penis. But she has the chromosomes of a male horse. So she obviously cannot be bred. So now this is a whole ordeal, right? And I I feel like this is so multifold because the first thing is that – she's been racing against females. So what does that mean if she's actually a male, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is she was purchased as a broodmare prospect and allegedly was um, examined, right? And signed off to say she was breeding sound. So now Keeneland is saying, look, you only had X number of days to do this. You've had this horse for like two years. We can't do anything about it. Right. On the other hand, (laughs) there was obviously some shady stuff that went on. The guy didn't check her out as good as he should have. Maybe he just lifted the tail and looked and didn't like look well, inside. I'm, I'm not know. sure how that works out. Yeah, right? how, how would you do that? I mean, how would you know unless you, I mean, you have to, but if you're I mean, you have to do a test, sound, I imagine. You have to, if, they're, if they're breeding, if they're sound to be a broodmare, that right. means you have to like ultrasound inside to like make sure they've got ovaries, right? Well, someone messed up. Yeah. I don't know who. But it was so, a crazy. It's a crazy story, and it'll be interesting to follow to see how this thing turns out. I mean, the the the. I would say this, right? They they bought her for a hundred and fifty thousand, and she earned three hundred twenty three for them. If they're gonna go like say, look, we don't own this horse anymore, all that purse money should also be forfeited, right? Like I don't. I mean, there's so many layers to this. It's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Totally wild. Totally agree. I I really am looking forward to seeing how this uh, all pans out. Does okay. she, do you know if she identifies as a as an as a I, they, I they this I them? Um, I'm so okay, not and the final correct. thing is just the we were talking about Timonium already, and a uh, a record setter oh, was yeah. in sales topper. So I just want to really quickly touch on this: three point five five million dollars for Amar Zidane, bought by Gary Young, who obviously purchased. Um, Medina Spirit, although that was 35000 so very big difference. Purchased Taiba. So he is a son of uh, Bernard, uh, Bernardini. Bernardini. New yeah, York okay. bred. Is he a New York sold, bred? I didn't yeah, know that. Sold by Becky by Thomas. Sequel. Yep, Becky Thomas. I was I was there watching this. It was it was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was going and going, and the underbidders were looked like a group of people led by David and Gordo. Terry Finley was there from West Point. Um and it just kept going and going and going. I actually talked to Gary Young. We flew home together yesterday, and Gary, I said to him, I just got one question for you. Did you think you were going to have to go to 355? And he looked at me, and he goes, I didn't really. <laughs> but he did. So uh, I guess Gary was told, uh, and this is hearsay. He did not say this, but uh, I'm thinking he just said, hey, we're going home with this horse, and that's it. All right. So, so uh, congratulations out to Ammer. And Gary Young and you know it's funny uh, that you said that Chester a lot of people when you when you buy a horse and you say I've had a couple people I've gone up and go hey congratulations that's cool you know and they're like what are, I, all we did was buy the horse the horse hasn't done anything yet you know that's don't true but you're congratulating them because basically it was a bidding war and you won the war that's true I'll, I'll take right? that Michelle all right we gotta we gotta take a quick break because we gotta get J K on the on the horn we're gonna be right back after this.
For the first time in over a century, Fixed Odds Betting, powered by BetMakers, is now available on track at Monmouth, and soon it will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be hearing more about Fixed Odds Betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. Back here on the Owner's Box with one of our favorites, uh, Jonathan Kinchin has joined us. JK, it was great to run into you in Timonium, and thank you for coming on the show Did today. Did he buy you a drink? No, he was very busy, <laughs> Michelle. He was so busy. He was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and we're going to get into that right now because it, it was you had a camera crew. You had uh, Jake and Maddie, your bloodstock agents, running around with you. Tell us a little bit about the the origin of what was going on and how this started. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Evan Ferraro and Boyd Browning kind of had the idea of us kind of doing some stuff together um, this year. And one of the ideas we came up with was, you know, kind of a documentary, JK buys his first horse. And and the idea was for it to be kind of like a 50%, you know, entertainment you know where you're seeing the behind the scenes we all like to see that you know when it comes to sports and you know getting into the locker room things of that nature and then the other part of it was meant to be more of like an educational thing where if someone who does have some some money and they want to buy a horse that they can watch this and understand that it's not nearly the daunting uh uninviting process that i think some people might think that it is and so that was the kind of the origin of it and we hooked up with the hennigan brothers who who made one of my favorite movies of all time, that road uh, run for the roses, that road, the Kentucky sure. Derby that they did with Barbaro back in the day. And then obviously the all in series that they did, they do a good job, you know, telling the story of racing as, as lifelong racing fans. And so uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm excited about the final product and, and, uh, and, and I'm glad we got a couple of horses. Michelle. JK. So this was your first time buying a horse. Tell me what process you went through um, to figure out, you know, what are, what are we going to buy? Because obviously you're going to want to still buy a good horse. No, right, he wants well, to I mean, buy a bad horse. Is... Well, you know, he <laughs> might just go up and like be like, I like that color. I no. don't JK has told JK me he doesn't smart. know like, which end eats and which end poops. Okay, JK, how, how, what was the process? Yeah, you know, for me, I always say this when it comes to like handicapping as well, is like I think a good handicapper and a great handicapper knows what they don't know. And when it comes to handicapping, I don't try to judge um, workouts. I listen mm-hmm. to people like Michelle and Maggie and Richie and Gary who, who can tell me what I'm seeing. I don't need to try to figure that out with my limited experience. And I, I feel the same way about going to the sale. Look, I can look at a pedigree and know a good horse. Oh, that sire did this, that dam did that. But outside of that, that's the extent of, of, of my participation. Um, I think when you when you go to buy a horse, especially at these sales, you need someone who is a professional who understands the ins and outs of going to the sale. And, and for me, it was Jake and Maddie. Um, on, on, you know, they taught me a lot that, that I'm not going to try to use, but that is interesting to hear. Learning about the shoulders, learning about the walk, the hip, the head, the ears. Um, stand, you know, when you, when you see them standing, looking at the horses, walking head on what you're looking for. Now I'm not going to try to look on my own. I just wanted to learn. And so I think for me, it's the, the first thing that I would tell someone is find someone you trust, find someone who has your best interest in mind, because just like any business, like, right, not racing, not just any business, there's going to be people that will mislead you for their personal gain. And so you have to just 
be a smart person and find someone you trust, someone who comes with good references. And, and, you know, luckily like Jake and Maddie and I have been friends forever. So I wasn't concerned that that was something I had to really worry about, but that would be the biggest thing is find someone you trust. Who's going to guide you through a process that has a lot of intricacies. Okay. That's good. Good so, start. Go ahead, Michelle. So JP, when you're out there and your guys are looking at horses, did you go in with a set budget in mind uh, with you and your team? And also, did you go in with a set horse type? I feel like you got two very different types of horses. So maybe that was part of the plan. Well, I mean, I think we, you know, look, we, we, we bid on two horses on day one and didn't get them. Okay. So I think that it's very similar to handicapping. It's like you have to to deal with the hand that you're dealt, right? It's like, um, I can handicap on, on Friday and on Saturday morning, if I show up and the ground is soft and the rail is good, you have to adjust. You can't just lock into your original plan. And so the, the idea was to try to get a Colt and try to get a Philly. And I think when it comes to the, you know, I think the, the two things that I even know from the outside looking in is Colts can kind of make their own pedigree by being good and winning races and being athletic and being runners. And, and you, you kind of see that with like young, you know, with young stallions, like, you know, like not this time who, who people didn't know if not this time would be good. Well, now we know not he's this good. I will be good. I don't, just so you know, um, he's good. If you haven't figured yeah, out. McLean's yet. music, I think is another example of he's like, good. people didn't know what to think based off of like just one fast buyer figure but he's got a classic winner and he's good. And so when we found this Mosler, I swear to you, I have a weird brain when it comes to horses and saddlecloth. I remember a lot of stuff. I had to Google who Mosler was. Wow. I, I, I didn't know who Mosler <laughs> That's was. That's amazing. And I actually, I made a joke to Jake. I was like, Mosler? Yeah. They're, they would not just give us this horse. Yeah, we're going to buy a Mosler. <laughs> um, that was the plan. Yeah, I actually felt the same way when I looked up who you bought. I was like, who the hell is Mosler? <laughs> Mosley. I know I, I had to, you know, but he is a son of Warfront, and you guys know that sometimes you can get cheeky with finding a productive son of a superstar stallion. You can sure. kind of, you know, backdoor it a little bit. And so, you know, so let me back up a little bit. On day one, um, we tried for a Taprit Philly, if I'm not mistaken, and we got outbid. I think our kind of ceiling was like 250 and it went for like 340. Then we wanted to, same idea, we were going to buy a, a Gervin that had worked really well. Oh, and, you know, the Gervin. We thought we would spend three, four hundred, five hundred ish on, on a Gervin. And then you say to yourself, yeah, I mean, how can we pay more than five hundred for a Gervin? Like, you know. Mm -hmm. really? Well, someone did. Well, yeah. It, so we were at seven hundred. Wow. And then uh, we were at seven hundred and then Donato and Bob uh, came at seven twenty five. The funny behind the scenes of that, and I'm sure you'll see it in the documentary, is like five minutes, ten minutes after the bidding was over, Donato called me. He's like, hey, Bob wants to talk to you. Come to the back ring. So we went to the back ring, and like Bob and Donato were like, you're running us up out there. We heard you was you in there. And I was like, no, I wasn't running you up. <laughs> Trying to buy I the horse. I got it a long time ago. Right. Yeah, if I knew you guys were involved. So, But, you know, I think that kind of – that makes you feel good, to be fair. Um, if Donato Lonnie is on a horse that you're trying to buy – I think you feel like you're barking up the right tree. But it is um, but it is interesting when you're in that bidding process and you 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 thought 500. Now you're pressing, you're pushing your budget. And you're kind of I don't know if you but you but I'm always like looking around, who am I against? Who is bidding against me? Is it Donato? Is it Engordo? Is it uh, Moret? 
And were you doing that? Were you kind of talking to each other during the process going, who is, who are we up against or who are we looking out for? Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, I think it's a smaller operation. It was, we weren't as um, tuned into that. But what I did learn is that Bafford and Donato had someone in the main ring finding out who they were bidding against. Yep. That's how they knew that <laughs> yeah. it was us. Um, that was an interesting part of it. Just the gamesmanship with that is, right. you know, and making, you don't, you have to get the, the bid spotters attention at, at first. And then you want to try to be as discreet as possible because you don't want other people to know. Sure. Um, but, but that was a fun part of it. So no, we, we weren't overly concerned with that. Uh, it is a little bit secretive. It's kind of funny. You're talking to other friends of yours and you're like, yeah, we're going to bid a little bit later, but you don't say who you're bidding on. And, yeah. Um, I had, I had a conversation like that with Liz Crow where, you know, she was like, Hey, you know, Marshall's, you know, my friend, Marshall Graham at 10 strike Marshall wants me to buy one and we're going to buy one today. And I was like, Oh, we're looking at one in like the eighties or nineties too. And then she was like, Oh, we're probably on the same one. And I was like, Oh, okay. You was know, it on the I same one? <laughs> no, I think it was. Yeah, oh, think what? She was pretty early on the Gerv in Philly. Yeah. But she, she got out much earlier than, than we did. Um, and so to Michelle's original question, I think that the, the, what, what happened on day two, once we kind of regrouped, is we wanted to try to – the plan was to target Mosler, the Mosler Colton, hope we could get that one for a cheaper price. And then we would shoot pretty hard at the Malibu Moon Philly, who had all the pedigree, that if we could get one of those horses that if you win a greatest stakes with, you're out, you know, yep. based on her pedigree. And, and that was kind of the plan, and that was the direction that we ended up going Makes a lot of sense. Jonathan Kinchin joining us here on the Owner's Box. Uh, JK, take me back. Let's let's backtrack a little bit to when you first get to the sale and you have your short list, I imagine, and you start looking around at horses. So basically, for people who don't know, you go to each consignment, you pick out the horses you want to see, and you look at them. What was the most surprising part, or what did you – and I'll do a two-parter. What was the most surprising part of that process, and what did you learn the most from that process? Well, the first thing I learned is it was hot as hell on the day we decided to go do that. Um, hey, it could be pouring down rain. Yes. Well, that was the next day. I know. That was the next day. Um, you know, the first thing that I think is important for, for, for potential owners and buyers to think and to know is that how welcoming all the consigners were. Like, I don't know. It's like if you go to the backside in the morning at a racetrack, you feel like you're not supposed to be there. Like you're bothering people. You're in the way you're, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, yep. you, you know, am I supposed to be here? Should I be here? It's a completely different feel when you're at the sale. They want you there. They want you pulling out their horses, looking at them and, and evaluating them and, and, and all of these things. So that was kind of interesting for me. I, I was a little bit of a different feel. Um, it's also like kind of the gamesmanship of like when you pull out, when you want to go look at one horse, but maybe you ask for two. So you don't, they don't know, you don't want them to necessarily know. And, and then just having the conversations with them and, and the honesty that you can get from them based on the relationships that, that your agent might have with them. You know, it, you know, this one had a little bit of a shin, we had to stop. And this one has been sound as ever. Vets really clean. Um, you know, we think this one might go for 250, 350, you know, just the conversations that you could have were, were pretty enlightening. And then, um, what, if you, if you don't know what you're looking at, but if you look at 20 horses in a row in a small period of time, you do start to notice some things. 
Now, I'm not saying that you're going to notice these things and you're going to run to the ring and bid based on the things that you notice, but you do start to see a pattern of what a good horse looks like, what a small horse looks like, what a, um, what a rectangle and a square. You start to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable when you see them sequentially like that. So that was kind of the interesting part um, for me and, and, and just kind of getting to see all of the – just the different horses and the different body types in, in, a, in a small period of time. Michelle. Uh, JK, first of all, I want to know, did you do, did you do the actual bidding or did you let Jake or Maddie? Like, did you have to raise your hand? No, so so I did. Okay, so the first the first horse, the Taprit, I like did this weird finger wave thing to get the attention, <laughs> which I was embarrassed about, and then and then I kind of kept it cool. Yeah. The second one, the Gervin one, because we had talked about just spending five hundred, but then it started kind of getting hectic. And I was, you know, it's a lot. It's it's a heck, it goes fast and you, there's lingo and you got to be paying attention and knowing and half and you're not there, bring more. It's like, it's been, so like at that point with that horse, I kind of started to panic and Jake kind of took over because I just was uncomfortable. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Right. Um, How fast was your day, heart? Was How fast was your heart racing? Man, it's wild. It's wild. It's right? like, it, yeah, it feels like, it feels like that moment when you have a big bet and they break from the gate, like yeah. that's, that's the best way. I, Cause you don't know what's going to happen. But did, but you but did your horse break sharp or did it break behind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's I, right I, missed before. The, I missed the break on day. I definitely missed the break on day one. Uh, the finger wave. I, I was off four, three links. It was, it was tough, but I like um, the finger wave. But so yeah, I, I did do the, I did do the bidding and then um, it, I, I signed the ticket, which was, uh, like which was hard to, to process you're shaking too um, you're, but, you're trying to write yeah. your name and you can't remember how to write it but you also kind of feel cool yeah you like everybody like looking at you in there yeah. you know what i mean like it yeah it's look fun, at me man. about it this fun horse experience. it was a fun and one thing i do want to say too and, and i don't know if you're gonna one of the things that we have in the documentary is how easy it is to actually buy a horse from a financial standpoint of like proof of funds and stuff. We went to the, to the office and, and documented like talking to them about how you do it. And basically if you have a screenshot of your online banking account and the money is in there, they will extend you credit to buy a horse, which yeah. I, I thought, I thought it, you know, I thought you got to send a credit application. They're going to, they want to see your, you know, your first two born, your last <laughs> seven tax returns. <laughs> But like it's well, every place it's is really different. easier than you would think. Face yeah, it, I mean, Boyd Browning. Boyd Browning makes it very simple for people, and right. and he's a, he's an amazing guy, and he takes care of people who want to buy horses, which is uh, a tribute to him and a tribute to his success with Facing Tipton. What this the documentary? What are we going to see in there that it might stun someone? Um, well, he doesn't want to know, give it away. They don't want to watch the documentary. No, that's true. It's like, but well, this is like a preview. It's like Top Gun. Lot. It's like Top Gun. We this, know kind of what's going to happen. Top Gun looks so good. It does look so good. This <laughs> is know, how I our show is, JK. By the way, shocking. It's all right. It's all right. I've, I've been talk. there before. Yeah, we just. Um, talk. you know, I, I don't think there's a lot shocking. I mean, I think that I think one of the things that was interesting is the is I thought the process of being able to get credit. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that the the people might be interested in like how it's kind of like that Mike Tyson thing. Like everyone's got a plan if you get punched in the mouth. Well, like yep. on day one, we got punched in the mouth and you kind of had to regroup. Um, I, I think that the other thing that, you know, I talked to a lot of different agents, obviously Jake and Maddie were mine that I worked with, but I talked to 
to, to Jacob West. I talked to Donato. I talked to Liz Crow. Um, I talked to uh, Jonathan Thomas and Michael McCarthy and, and a couple of other trainers. We, you know, we're going to send these horses to George Weaver. So we talked to George a little bit. And so um, I think that people will be shocked about is that it's a lot easier than you would think. Yep. And it's not as wild, wild west as you would think. Now, I'm not saying that there's not some parts of it that can be wild, wild west, but that's everything, right, in life. And, you know, you can buy a bad real estate deal because it's wild, wild west, but I think that it's a lot less daunting than I think most people would think, you know. And I, I feel like I know more than the average bear in terms of, like, how all that stuff works, and I was shocked how, 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 how much easier that it was than, than I had predicted. Makes a lot of sense. Michelle? JK, so you said you're sending this to George Weaver. Um, I want to know, like, are you going to be involved in the the naming process? Are you going to be involved in like the day to day? Like, are you going to name you one? Take that leap yeah. from from JK the yeah. handicapper. You should to JK name one in the me- in the money media. That'd be a great name. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Uh, sounds like <laughs> a um, Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we'll, we'll probably. I mean, we're obviously going to invite you know Jake Jake's Black Type Partnership in, into the mix. Um, and, 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 you know, they've had so much success. He's had back-to-back runners in the Kentucky Oaks. He hasn't bought a bad horse in a long time. Um, and so we'll invite those people to be involved. So I'll, you know, I don't want to be, I'll give suggestions from a name standpoint. Maybe I'll have some fun with the Mosler. You don't want to name a $500,000 Philly. By the way, looking at both of your horses, I really like your Mosler. Of course you do. No, everybody did. I I really like him when you watch his work. I mean, like he looks like he's just like trying and like he looks super straightforward. I like him. The Philly is like big and long unless she wants to go two turns like she'll get. You know what I mean? But this Colt, I like this Colt. The Philly, the Philly, they said um, this is kind of fun stuff that you get to hear afterwards. They had to kind of and and Donato actually told us he was he was an underbidder on the um, on the Malibu Moon Philly. And he came over and told us that she had that he had found out that she had they had to stop on her before her work. So she, I think she didn't go that as fast as you would think a five hundred thousand dollar horse would go. But he was he, he didn't think she was as fit as she could have been. Um, and, and so uh, and Jake has had success buying off of Waver Tree before. He bought uh, that Philly up in smoke that was undefeated mm-hmm. for you know her first five starts. She was undefeated, so he's had success buying from her, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to be involved in the naming process, but at the same time, like, um, you know, that's more fun, I think, for, like, I think it's probably more fun for, like, Jake's partnership and sure. than, to, than mm-hmm. it is for me. And as far as, like, being involved in the day-to-day, I'm a huge believer, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second, that Go one ahead. of the biggest issues we have in racing is bad owners. Owners that think they know more than they know, it leads to the weird jockey changes. It leads to cheating trainers. It leads to, um, you know, horses not running in races they should be running in and so on and so forth. And, like, I hired and we hired George Weaver to train this horse because we believe that George Weaver is going to make the best decisions because he touches the horse every day, he sees the horse every day, and he is a horse trainer. I'm not. It's George's situation. If George asks me questions, I'll give my opinion. But it's George's decision to make. And and if you don't think your trainer can make the best decision, then you need to find a different trainer. Get on the soapbox, JK. It makes a lot of sense. We've taken up all the time that you promised us. 
Uh, we really appreciate you coming on and telling us where, when can we see this documentary? What's it called? Where will it be? Where will it be shown? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, we haven't, I, to be honest, I don't know if we're going to do like episodes with it because now that we have two horses that are going to be in Saratoga and I'm here and it, there's a chance that we might do like a episode one of like buying the horse episode two, like leading up. And my, my fingers are crossed for the sake of the documentary that they, one of them just loads in the starting gate at Saratoga this summer, That'd because be I think that that would be a full circle experience to kind of wrap it all together for people. Um, so we'll get with the Hennigan brothers and Faisic Tipton and Evan and Boyd and see how they want to do it. But, um, I have no idea. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting that you're starting at the two-year-old sale. Let's all close our eyes and imagine what a breeder goes through that ends up racing that has this little baby running around the farm and then doesn't go to a sale, but you know, breaks the horse and trains the horse and gets the horse in the starting gate. It's, it's all an amazing accomplishment. And, and if the horse gets there this summer, I think it'd be great to show it. I think you're on the right track and I think you're doing great things for horse racing. So we appreciate it. Anything else, Michelle, we wrapped it up. Yeah, I'm good. I, that was great. JK. I really appreciate you taking the time. I thought it was really cool. Good luck. Of my course. friend, you guys call, you guys call. I answer. Yeah, you do. We're like EF Hutton. Is that God, I just dated myself, didn't I? <laughs> Unbelievable. JK, appreciate it. Go do your business. We really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Do some, uh, do some good gambling this weekend. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. All right. That's Jonathan Kitchen here on the Owner's Box. Michelle, as always, Ooh, kid, kid brings great. it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I loved it. You know, there's so many things we didn't even get to talk about, but – um, you know, I was going to ask him about the Breeze stuff, but he had mentioned earlier in the sh in his interview that he didn't really doesn't really know what to look for in a Breeze. But it's interesting that I don't know how f I don't have that in front of me how fast that horse breezed, but a lot of people the say Philly well, the Philly Breeze ten and two, yeah. and the Colt Breeze ten and one. Right, and those are you listen at that track ten and one was probably the average I would guess. Um, you know, we we bought a horse, we bought a Calbred. Um, at, at a, Simonium? Yeah, at a Smiling Tiger. And, uh, by Smiling Tiger. I mean, by Smiling Tiger. Excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, and love the horse. He's got a giant stride in one of the biggest strides of the sale. And he worked in 10 and 3. But if you watch the breeze, he was going so easily. It wasn't like he was under duress trying to go 10 and 3. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and everybody looks at these workouts. I, I like to throw out the time. I like to see how these horses move because truth be told, Michelle, these horses will never run a furlong like this ever right. again. Mm -hmm. This is the only time they'll ever do it. So I think there's give and take. And I think it's a lot of it is sub, uh, subjectivity. Um, when you're going to these sales and, and knowing who to buy from, um, knowing which consigners you trust, which ones you have relationships with. There's so much, but I love that JK kind of made it, made it simple and getting yeah. with good people is the number one thing you want to avoid pitfalls. You want to get with good people. And even if here's the killer, here's the killer. Even if you do all this, Michelle, guess what you, you need? still might have a slow horse. You need luck. You need oh. luck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You need to be lucky because you might buy the best horse at the sale. And if that horse comes up with a shin and then comes up with a chip, God forbid, I'm knocking on wood that it doesn't, you know, uh, all of a sudden can't breathe. There's so many things that can happen along the way. Um, and we've talked to so many people on this show, so many owners with the ups and downs 
uh, of this game. It's the roller coaster ride, and it's just starting. You're pumped up right now because you believe in your horses that you bought. You believe in your people. You believe in your trainer, <laughs> and and but now they have to go out and prove it. And I think that's right. what's that's why this game. That's why we continue to do it. That's why we continue to play and continue to learn. I like that J.K. said, "Hey, I'm not an expert at this." Right. You know, and I think I would say the same thing. I've been going to sales for probably. 20 plus years and if someone came up to me and said hey can you do me a favor can you buy a horse for me i would not do it <laughs> I, I i'm really really i i there are people who just know so much more and know now i might be able to buy one and get lucky absolutely but mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't hire myself as a bloodstock agent okay that's right. spencer that means it's time to go Oh, he just—he needed his toys open. That's all. Okay. Well, what what is coming up at uh, the Great Race Place this weekend, Michelle? It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a huge day. We got Cow Cup Saturday, right? Yes, we have Cow Cup Day on Saturday, and then we obviously have Monday racing because it is Memorial Weekend. On Friday, it's just kind of like your average everyday day at the track. Okay. On Saturday, we have the Crystal Water, the Snow Chief, the Franz Valentine, the Thor's Echo, and the Malaire. Again, all Cowbred Day with huge purses. We also have the Gold Rush Sour and Beer Festival Yummy. and the Carnival Carnival in the Infield. Also, do want to mention that we're going to be having the Folds of Honor Foundation uh, Poker Tournament. And oh, I think I like that, that last last time we played, it was really fun. Didn't so Ryan Hansen win? Uh, he didn't win. He got to the final table, though. Okay, final table. Yeah. And All then... Right. Um, Excuse me. Saturday, we have the Corgi National, or Sunday, we have the Corgi Nationals, which we know how much fun everybody has at the Corgi Always Nationals. Always a fun day. Almost as good as the some, Bulldog races. We also have some good stakes. We have the Daytona, the Honeymoon, and the Triple Bend. So two of those on the grass, one of those Dirt Sprint, which will feature uh, Clubhouse Ride, who's looking for, I think, his fifth straight win, if I'm not mistaken. Calbred. And then... On Monday, that special holiday day of racing with a first post time of 1 o'clock, we do have dollar day. So it's dollar beers, dollar oh. sodas, and $2 hot dogs. Two do- those $2 hot dogs, hot dogs are $2 delicious. Hot dogs. They are delicious. And then uh, we have the grade one gamely, the grade one Hollywood Gold Cup, and the grade one Shoemaker Mile, which does kick off the Breeders' Cup win and you're in series. So not only do we have like regular racing, we've got crazy good racing, and we have major wagering opportunities. On Saturday, I mentioned the uh, the cowbred stakes. We're also going to have a half a million dollar guaranteed late pick five. Like that. You're going to be having a $500 live money challenge on Saturday, which you can play either on track or on express bet. And if you're on track, you get a $5,000 bonus if you win. Um, on Monday, for those three grade ones, we're also going to do a half a million dollar guaranteed late pick five, as well as a mandatory pick six payout. Um, and then we're also going to be having a $1,500 gold cup challenge on track um, or on express bet where there's NHC spots, Pegasus World Cup seats, and on track players. Again, you're eligible for a $5,000 bonus. And then, of course, we have our golden hours, which are the last two races at Santa Anita and the last two races at Golden Gate. And you can do those with a dollar minimum for the pick four, a five dollar minimum for the double. And both of those have a 12 percent player friendly takeout. That was a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, are you OK? Are you tired? Yeah, this is a huge it's, it is a huge, huge. weekend. It's huge. Sanity. It's huge. Like huge, huge. Uh, special thanks to JK for coming on today. Special thanks to all of our listeners who make the owner's box one of the greatest po- of a 10,000 podcasts now on horse racing on the uh, World Wide Web. 
uh, special just thanks. Call it the World Wide Web. Yeah, World Wide Web. The internet. What's it called? I don't, I don't know. know. World Wide Web. Uh, special thanks to all of our sponsors, all of them. Michelle, name all our sponsors because like you just you yeah, just blew me Santa Anita Park, Delmar, Betmakers, Gainsway, and of course our very good friends, one of our original sponsors, Taylor Maine. Unbelievable, Michelle. What a good show. Quick. I know. To the point. Are you going to see Top Gun Maverick? I got tickets for Friday night. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was not into it at all, and then I saw the uh, the ad, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta watch this! Yeah. It looks so good." Can, I'm like really sing, excited. Can you it. take us out to Danger Zone? Danger Zone. I'm going to the Danger. No, that's not zone. it. It's not. You're going on the highway to oh, the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Yeah. I went the wrong way. Well, I suck. Whatever. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.